Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and I hope you were able to tune into episode 20, which was the first show in our four-part mini-series featuring the work of U.S. Disaster Relief. Kristen Koning gave us great updates from our site in Tennessee, and today I want to take you to Seneca, South Carolina, to hear my interview with Keith Willingham. Keith is our program manager in South Carolina, and he gives great testimonies and prayer requests from the community that he is partnering with. We also discuss the challenges and modifications that COVID-19 has had on their outreach. But I love the way Keith says, we serve an infinite God and He cannot be contained and His goodness is immeasurable. You will be encouraged by what Keith has to say. Hello, Keith. Hey, Keith. It's Christy Graham. Hey. Hey, thanks so much for making time. I know you have a busy day. My pleasure. We appreciate the chance getting your perspective. Um, so, Keith, you are in South Carolina. Can you talk to me about your community that you're ministering with and your partnership with your church? Sure. Uh, we're in uh, Seneca, South Carolina, which is just outside of Clemson. And, uh, you know, lots of Tiger fans here from the last few years of success with uh, football, of course. But then, uh, uh, we're also in the middle of a very rich uh, textile history area. There were lots of mills in this area years ago, and uh, and so there there are a lot of people who have uh, uh, you know blended. There there's the upper echelon with the university and other opportunities for employment that have come along that are more professional, and then there's that element of folks who worked in those mills for years on in and retired and now the meals are gone they're still here and so we're seeing the full full spectrum of demographic uh, in the area uh, as far as the church goes um, it's a very vibrant church uh, not just the the local fellowship here with life point that we're partnering with but the greater church the capital c church in this area they are very engaged and um not the, the the host church here have, have been phenomenal. They're doing all the cooking, all the cleaning. Uh, they recognize a lot of the uh, the extra steps we're taking in light of the COVID nineteen um, pandemic, and uh, just in every way they can, they're trying to to partner with us well. And so we're so thankful for them. That is awesome. I know. I think it's great that in the midst of this COVID pandemic that you still were able to get churches, you know, to step up and um, welcome, yeah, our teams um, to be able to help in the communities. It is awesome. And so you mentioned the COVID-19. So I know that has brought forth many restrictions and modifications to the way that you do ministry. Can you talk to us about how you've seen God's love almost break through these barriers and maybe make things different in your ministry? Yeah, Absolutely. We've, uh, you know, we, we've got masks and gloves, uh, even on the work site, we're asking folks to maintain both physical and social distancing. And a huge component of what we do is, uh, just that care for that homeowner. And Mm -hmm. we're missing those hugs in a big way, but you can watch even between the volunteers, you're, you're seeing people adapt and, and, you know, they're reaching out their feet to kind of touch feet, uh, to have that little tactile connection there, or, or maybe even bump elbows, um, with the homeowners themselves, you know, when the, the team circles up, they're still, um, you know, 
fixing their, their gaze on that homeowner, the homeowner standing in their front door, or maybe just inside their front door. And uh, they, they see the collection of folks who are in front of them who've just performed that tactile work in their yard or, or maybe even put a tarp on their roof. And they're so appreciative. But, uh, you know, the, the emotion and the concern and the care, it still comes through, even though uh, you can't necessarily go and, and hug each one of the team members. Um, the, the message is still coming through and people understand that, uh, that there's a, a God who loves them and his people have responded to come and, and care for these folks. And, um, and it's showing up in a big way here. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. And and as you're talking, do you see, I mean, because now these, this community has, you know, already had the impacts of the pandemic. You know, I'm sure many have lost their jobs or been impacted in that way, but now they're struck with a natural disaster. Are you seeing the hearts of the community um, impacted by these double, you know, whammies in a way? Very much so. The When we got here, the emergency management for the county actually set up in a fire station and uh, they really had to stand up a totally independent mm. um, incident command system in order to, to deal with the tornado because they were already um, set up in their, their regular facilities just trying to deal with pandemic, mm-hmm. trying to deal with COVID-19. And so as a result, the, uh, the emergency management is overwhelmed to their understaffed. Uh, People are uncertain in general, just in the community. Uh, There are local businesses that are struggling to to keep the doors open. And so anybody that serves food, of course, they're, they're trying to advertise takeout. And, uh, and so it's like that all around the country where we're seeing people are, are uncertain and just don't know what to make of this. And, uh, you know, they've got the full spectrum of, of emotions, running already and now with the tornado coming in of course that's a um it's a it's an added uh, burden on their minds if you're a homeowner whose home's also been damaged but in many ways this has uh been a blessing as far as volunteerism goes because people are um it, you, you can't drive by home depot or lowe's and not see uh, a good you know populated parking lot people are getting out they're doing their gardening and doing projects outside that they've not uh, been able to do maybe in a few years and and take advantage of that time. And so I believe firmly a lot of those folks are folks who have decided to come out and volunteer with us. And so um, it's actually turned out to be a blessing as far as being able to respond to to the tornado damages. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought up volunteers. Can you talk to me about um, what the difference is between having day volunteers, which you are doing now, and what you're used to working with? Sure. The The way our, our system works with day volunteers, we're still able to utilize our site leadership team, and they're still so faithful and uh, do such a wonderful job. Uh, but we're limiting our team sizes to 10 or less, including the team lead. And so that is a, uh, uh, a restriction and it, it takes some outside of the box thinking to figure out how do you, how do you do that when the need is so great? And there are so many people who want to come, um, in this area, like I say, a lot of folks have, have come out, uh, our, one of our departments back in North American ministries, uh, we've got a, a couple of individuals that work hard on social media and they prepared a flyer for us and that flyer, <clears throat> gave some of the details and a phone number for volunteering 
And so we, we shared that flyer here locally on social media. And within 24 hours, it had been shared 28 times. And uh, I believe that's a big part of the, the reason that we've had such an overwhelmingly positive response of day volunteers. So now we've got all these people. What do we do with them? Well, uh, in many cases, we've got local folks who have been out in the field with us before, the long-term volunteers. And so we can pair them with another team lead and have a backyard crew and a front yard crew. We have them sign their own uh, sheets for, for calculating hours and capturing that data. But that way, we just have the teams work uh, separately, uh, one in the front yard, one in the backyard, and no intermingling. And, and we're able to kind of keep to our guidelines, our, our own internal guidelines, as well as trying to satisfy those uh, from the, the general public. But um, over and over, God keeps providing. Uh, last Saturday, we were expecting a very large number of folks to come out, and uh, there was a quick little rain shower early in the morning. We think that kept the numbers a little lower, but we were still able to go and mobilize 225 um sets of hands and feet to go uh, in the name of Jesus to love on people. And so for those 225, that means we needed at least two, uh, 22 team leads to be able to lead those to keep them 10 or less. And uh, like I say, just God keeps providing some long-term volunteers from uh, some of our local church partners were able to stand up and uh, he just worked it all out. So, so far it's just been a great response and, uh, the day volunteers have, have not really been a, a limiting factor here in South Carolina. That is great to hear um, that it's not impacting your you know the workload that you're able to accomplish. And I imagine it's creating more of a dependency on the Lord, you know, for your leadership team um, to just rely on Him to bring who you need each day. Certainly. And and the local church, the, the Capital C Church, we're seeing T-shirts coming in from any number of fellowships that are in the area or close to the area, and uh, the returning volunteers. Um, at one point, for a couple of days, we, we really just didn't have enough work to populate uh, the number of volunteers that were coming out with the, the limitations we had with the team sizes. And so for a couple of orientations, we even asked for folks, hey, if, if you're local and uh, you've got something else you could do this afternoon, would you be willing to... Uh, go ahead and, and go to the side for today. We've got a, a, a little bit of work lined up, but not enough for uh, 80 people. We've got enough for 30 people. And um, and so would, would you be willing to go ahead and do the orientation, then you're ready to go, and then just come back sometime during the week next week and uh, and participate then. And so people have been just incredibly understanding, uh, to my knowledge, of, we talked to those folks as they walked out the door. They were very understanding, and nobody left frustrated or even mad. They they just said, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, we'll do that. Well, what we're seeing now is uh, not only are they coming back, but they're also bringing a friend. And so we're recognizing some of these faces, and, and we're able to continue to, to put out good, strong teams even on a Tuesday. Um, you know, today we, we had a, a good, solid turnout, and uh, – we're just thankful the Lord just keeps motivating the Holy Spirit's working and, and the hearts and minds of the, that capital C church. And, um, and we're able to keep building teams and, and getting people the help they need. That is awesome. And just the way people have been flexible. Yeah. And willing to put aside, you know, their schedule and their, what they want to do um, for the greater good is really awesome to hear. So can you share what the biggest need in your community is? You know, 
there are so many needs. Um, I, I, I can't really narrow it down. I mean, physically, the, the biggest need is tree cleanup. There, there are lots of damaged roofs, and we're doing some tarping, but people have been very proactive on that. And, and uh, much like Nashville area in Tennessee last month when we responded there, uh, there's a lot of grassroots efforts. So a lot of those tarps have, have been put up, but there's still a, a tremendous amount of, of cleanup needed from debris and tree cleanup. But uh, emotionally, uh, as far as the biggest need there, I would say peace. Uh, people are unsettled. They, they don't know what the future holds, and now they've compounded that with a tornado. And so um, they're, they're just looking for peace. And fortunately, we know the Prince of Peace. And so as we're able to go in the community, we're able to share that and um, do the best we can to, to offer them that, that helping hand and an uplifting word to encourage them. Um, of course, spiritually, we're in the right, right in the middle of the Bible Belt. And um, we, we just want to be uh, ready to share the hope that's within us and, and not miss any opportunity the Lord presents to us. And so a huge need spiritually would be that, you know, when we do make that connection, it's it's uh, not uncommon for somebody to have grown up in church even and not uh, been back and darkened the doors of that church in, you know, a couple of decades. And so we've heard a couple of stories where our teams have gone out and ministered and, and that person who went to school when they were a kid or uh, even a teenager, they haven't been back. Now they're saying, you know what, I, I think I want to go back. I think I want to go and check that back out again. It's been a long time. And so uh, we're just, you know, praising the Lord when we hear those stories, and uh, and we're just so excited to see the local fellowships here stand up and say, "Yeah, we're going to come alongside you and do a follow up, and ensure those people have a, a, a good venue to go and and make connections with their people and, and worship of our Savior." Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Then, um, as you're speaking, can is there is there a testimony that you can share of God's hand of faithfulness during this difficult time? There, there are many, many uh, stories. Uh, even last uh, evening, uh, I heard of a story where uh, a team went through and uh, evidently another crew of volunteers from uh, another community group or, or who knows what, they, they had cut up a lot of brush and just left a few items, few bigger uh, stems of trees that also needed to be cut and taken out to the road. And so when the team lead pulled up, uh, he's got a full team of, of nine other folks with him and he's looking at this and he says, this isn't going to take any time. And, you know, he's still trying to think forward and how am I going to keep these people busy? I want their day to be productive. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he goes and talks to the homeowner and when he meets her, he finds out that um, her, her grown daughter is living with them and she has cancer and uh, she's been through a couple of treatments and she, you know, when, when the team lead says, can we pray with you guys before we get started. The, the homeowner says, yeah, not only us, if you'll pray for my, my daughter as well. And so they brought her to the front door, kept that door closed. And, uh, right there, right then and there, the whole team entered a time of intercessory prayer and prayed for this dear young lady and, and her time of, of need. And, uh, you know, it was, it was such a blessing. Um, there are other stories of, of folks who, uh, uh, one couple, actually, a team is ministering to right now. It just came from the field before uh, I got on this phone call. And uh, this couple had closed on their house. They had just purchased this home uh, about 10 days before the storm hit. And uh, what a blow it is to, to have a brand new home, a brand new to them home, 
and uh, be ready to, you know, start their life in, in that new structure and literally the wind be taken out uh, from them uh, due to a tornado. And, and there's a lot of damage. I don't think there's a single tree in the yard of these folks uh, that was not damaged, but they have a testimony to the faithfulness of God because his servants, right? His people have, have uh, come out in force and are caring for these people. They're going to clean up every one of those, those damaged trees to the best of their ability and just visit and, and care for those folks. And so we're seeing story after story along those lines where people are so thankful that uh, Samaritan's Purse is able to mobilize these volunteers and these local connections that are made where these people come and, and have those meetings and, and know a friend of a friend. Um, it, it's just a blessing to, to see the Lord knit those together and help strengthen this community in such a, a tough time. Wow, I just can't imagine. Yeah, what a blessing these teams are to these families and, and just dealing with so much devastation. Um, just hearing those stories puts a lot into perspective, you know, with what we're facing. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, really is a grave situation. And I think, you know, COVID-19, you know, so much focus has been on this disease and the field hospitals and the work there. But like you said, there is so much happening um, in response to these storms. And that's why we wanted you on here to share testimonies because for our audience to be praying, um, because God is working, God is moving in the midst of these storms and the way you guys can be His hands and feet um, to just love. And I love how you said that. You come in with a perspective of working with your hands in the yard, but sometimes just praying and sharing with these, these families is really what they need. That team lead said, he even said, you know, we thought we came to, to clean up a tree and be a little bit of a blessing, but they spent way longer mm-hmm. visiting and praying for that dear young lady than they did doing the tree. And he said, I know, I know that I know God sent us there to minister to that family and the, the, the entire team. They even talked about that afterward and, uh, and what a blessing it was to be able to, to go to the throne of grace and mm-hmm. offer up those petitions on that young lady's behalf. That is so awesome. Um, thank you for sharing that. And, um, and Keith, you have responded so many times all over the country. And I know each disaster is different and unique with the challenges. But what have you learned from this response um, from God? So many, uh, <laughs> so many things yet again. I know I keep saying that, but, uh, you know, we, we serve uh, an infinite God. He, he just can't be contained in His goodness is just unmeasurable. Uh, when we called down here, I mean, we're only three hours away from this area, from our, our shop, a little over three hours. And um, just in trying to call and make some connections with our church relations department, we had multiple offers immediately of, of folks wanting to host us with, with COVID happening. People are, the, the local fellowships are, are doing online church and they're not using their facilities um, unless absolutely necessary. And so we, we literally had our pick of any number of fellowships. And, uh, and so God just uh, opened the doors and, and opened hearts and minds of, of leadership. Uh, there are uh, uh, so many people who have offered to feed and, and just the provision of God with those team leads. We had uh, one of our, our uh, disaster response vehicles. We have these little box trucks that the ministry was able to put together uh, a couple of years ago. And one of those 
first recipients was a local church here over in just uh, one of the next towns over in the next county in Simpsonville. And so that, that fellowship, um, they were on the ground within hours of, of the tornado um, tearing up the neighborhood. And so uh, they were able to come and start assessing and, and making connections for us uh, right out of the gate. And then when our team started arriving, our leadership and then the volunteers, we had work ready to go in hand. And um, again, we just keep watching God move in, in the hearts and minds of people to to bring exactly what we need when we need it. If it's leadership, if it's a provision uh, physically, like water and Gatorade, uh, all of that has been uh, supplied in abundance, every, every need we've had. And so we just keep um, testifying to the bounty of the loving father who's, who's going to take care of us. And I, I can't help but think that um, that's just not a preparation, that that's not a lesson that the Lord just continually teaches all of us, but especially me. Um, if you're asking me what I'm learning, I'm learning that, you know, trusting God doesn't come with conditions. It's a, uh, it's a practice. And um, he is so faithful to, to just show up and, and show out. And uh, and I, I just feel humbled to to be a witness to that. That is so awesome. Um, thank you for sharing. I know, and it's just awesome to hear. I, I talked to Dave Phillips weeks ago about the Italy response, and you, know, you just said how Samaritan's Purse, you know, doesn't want to sit on capacity. They want to sharpen their swords and be proactive and prepared. And I just hear that coming through, and in your team, just the way that you have been proactive, but but prayerful, you know, and relying on God and to be able to just watch him work. And I love the way you're recognizing it, you know, because sometimes I think we overlook God's hand. And so for you to just sit here and, and share the ways that he's provided and provided the people and the churches, and I just love the body of Christ working together in such a desperate time. And so as we're talking, if people are listening to this conversation, how can they get involved and what do you need from people in the community? Uh, of course, we always need volunteers, and uh, even though we have an abundance now, we don't want to take that for granted. And uh, you know, we need wisdom. We need to to be able to engage these folks, and we want to have these meaningful interactions and strengthen the relationship between these churches. And uh, our our vice president quite often, uh, Luther Harrison, will say, you know, we need to be the wind and the sails of that local fellowship and helping them along as they go and minister to their community. And that's so true. I mean, we're the definition of short-term missions. We're here today and gone tomorrow, but these local fellowships that we partner with, they're here um, and, and making lasting relationships from these impacts. And so anything we can do to, to help um, be a catalyst for that relationship making um, you know, we want to lean into those conversations and, and be receptive to those opportunities and help make those connections every time we can. That is awesome. Yeah, I love the partnership and the way you're there just to bolster them and encourage them through this time so that they can continue to be that beacon of light. Yeah, when Samaritan's Purse is gone. Is there anything that God is teaching you in Scripture that is encouraging you right now? In Scripture, uh, you know, He— we're so dependent on so many things that he puts before us. And uh, I often think back to Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Uh, it says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us 
a pleasing aroma to God. And there are just so many dynamics and so many facets of our of our Savior in that, and that uh, you know, because we're his dear children, and that that relationship uh, with the the aroma, um, you know, that's a tactile. That's that's something with our five senses, and that mm-hmm. what, what do they mean by aroma? That that sacrifice that was made in the Old Testament, and how that would go up before the Holy of Holies, and that's just like our prayers, where when we go and we we lay our heart out to the to the Father. And he cares for us. He hugs us just like we're his own children. And it reminds us that uh, there are so many people, if we so desperately need him, uh, how many others that are right in front of us, especially when we're in a disaster environment, need him as well. And so we don't ever want to miss those opportunities. And I'm just so thankful for his word and and for that instruction that helps us uh, keep on track and looking through um, those those eyes uh, of the scripture to see people, how Jesus sees people. Thank you for that truth. That is awesome. I know you're probably learning so much right now in this time. So we appreciate you gleaning the wisdom that you're learning and sharing. Um, And so as we close, you've kind of sprinkled it throughout our conversation, but how can we specifically pray for your team and for your community? For this community, I mean, they, they need peace. Um, they need both peace as in peace of mind, but they need the peace uh, that surpasses all understanding, uh, the peace of God that can only come from a relationship with his son. Um, these leaders in this area, both the church leaders as well as the public leaders, uh, they need wisdom because there are a lot of decisions to make and uh, so many limitations. Of course, uh, with the economy turned down due to the pandemic already, now, as these long-term recovery groups start to, to crop up and pop up, uh, funding's going to be an issue. And so they're going to need financial help to uh, figure out how to, how to get the resources to the community members uh, that are in most need. And so um, usually uh, the, one of the most strong advocates for the community is the church, is that, that local body of believers. And so uh, we need to pray for them that they... Uh, are sustained through this process, that they're given wisdom and discernment and and know how to engage and how to interact with these public figures and officials so that um, not only do people get that tactile and physical help, they also get the emotional and spiritual help that we know is so desperately needed in today's world. Uh, For our team, they're tired. Uh, I'll admit, I'm I'm not proud, I'm tired. And uh, you know what, God, again, he... He supplies our every need. He, he keeps uh, pushing us forward. And when when I think that, uh, you know what, it's time to just go sit down for a minute and, and catch my breath, um, he always provides that opportunity. And so uh, I just pray that uh, people will pray for our teams and pray for um, our, our leadership here on the ground that, uh, you know, we'll have reminders of thankfulness sprinkled all throughout our day and an encouragement for, for somebody who is tired, who needs that extra little bit of, uh, of help to get them over that hill from uh, whatever that is that's in front of them. If it's a difficult neighbor with a homeowner interaction, just the Lord to provide those words to, to speak peace into that situation uh, for the teams themselves, safety. We want safety and uh, by and large, our, our sites are, are running very smoothly and uh, so as we, we do move and, and motivate and we have excited, energized volunteers running around through the area, 
Um, we want to keep them safe, but we also are praying desperately that the Lord will open our eyes for ministry, that when that opportunity comes to share that hope that's within us, to, to be an encouragement to that neighbor, to, to let them know they're not alone, that they're cared for, that there's a God who loves and sent his son to die for them, who died on that cross in our place and, and rose again on that third day, um, that we're always ready to speak those words, to let them know that there is hope and that there is there is another day coming and there are people all around them to care for them and love for them. I know that's a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, again, there's there's a lot to pray for. No, that is that is awesome, and that's why we wanted your perspective because uh, sometimes I think we don't know how to pray. And like you said, I don't know how people do this without the Lord. You know, without Jesus as our true peace. Um, as you were talking, I thought of Romans fifteen thirteen. You know, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And like you said, you know, our human, we get tired, we get weary, but um, because of Jesus, we can be renewed and the body of Christ, you know, to lift you up when you're tired. And I just pray that your team will do that. You know, when someone can't do it, someone comes in and, and shoulders you. Um, but I don't know how people do it without the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I thank you for your team, for your leadership uh, to be overflowing into this community because Amen. it is the only source of hope. I mean, this is a scary time. And like you said, some people are having, you know, multiple compounds. You know, the storm is just revealing some other. And so I just pray that you will continue to overflow um, the church and Samaritan's Purse, the partnership. So thank you, Keith, for sharing today, giving us insight and um, ways to pray more specifically. Thank you guys for what you do. And um, thank you everybody who's listening to this for your prayers and encouragement. I love the way Keith compliments our host church, but more importantly, the capital C church as the body of Christ has been stepping up during this difficult time. It challenged me to think about what I can do to be the church in my own community. Like Keith said, I want to be an imitator of God and a fragrant aroma, but that is only possible with God's strength and salvation. I want to close with one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 33, 2. O Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in times of distress. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for your prayers and support. We will post another part of the series tomorrow. I hope you can join us. Have a great day.